0: Welcome back to the Right to Food podcast. I'm Shean, and I'm part of a team of young food ambassadors from across the country, working with the Food Foundation to create better access to good food for
1: everyone. Each week on the Right to Food podcast, we find out how COVID has revealed so many gaps in the systems that we want fixed. But before we meet my colleagues Malachi and Deborah, who are taking us to South London this week, a word from DMM Thompson.
2: Hello, I'm very honoured to be one of the ambassadors for the Food Foundation's Right to Food campaign. And I'm honoured because all my fellow ambassadors are young people who have lived experience of what it's like to be on the breadline. And COVID-19 has revealed serious gaps in our food system. And these kids are determined to do whatever they can to grab the government's attention and to change the way in which we provide for Britain's most vulnerable children. You've probably seen them join forces with Marcus Rashford's campaign to end child poverty. But here in these podcasts, you can hear the real life stories behind the statistics. I do urge you to listen. They're incredibly powerful and moving and actually inspiring stories by some very powerful, moving and inspiring young people. Enjoy. Thank you. And thanks for your help.
3: Hi, I'm Malachi. And I'm Deborah. This week, we're in Lambeth, South London, with the Rastafari Movement UK, delivering amazing food to some of the most vulnerable families in the community.
0: My name is Anaya. I like pink stuff. When there is no food, my belly starts hurting and I get tired.
4: I'm Althea and I'm really grateful for the food for me and my kids.
5: I like the fruits that they that they give, um, the snacks like biscuits and things like that.
6: Marcia Cunningham is delivering fresh fruit and vegetables to Althea and her family.
7: So tell me, what sort of food do you like when it comes uh, over?
6: I like the...
3: And and like the mango. Wow! I, I like the drinks
4: and I like the <laughs> <Marcel again.
3: laughs> Donna is a working mum, but as she tells Marcia, the Rastafari Movement UK has given her a lifeline during COVID.
4: The food parcel have helped me out really, really much. I'm very, very, very appreciated as well, because I'm a low parent of a term ill husband. Things that I couldn't afford, especially like the fruits and veg. It sounds like great commodity, but for him, it's priceless gold. The juice and the crisps, my daughter and myself always try to fight over it, especially the mango. It's <laughs> 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 a right.
7: Right, Most of the, the people who are we are helping at the moment with children, some was known to us. And this COVID-19 gave us a great opportunity to help them. And from that, word of mouth spread. So they know how Rastafari help one another. And from that, we started helping more and more people in the community with children. I
5: like the crisps, I like the croissants, and I like the drinks. Well.
4: What about the vegetable? Don't you start to eat vegetable now?
3: Yeah, I do. Marcia is a writer and musician. And with creative educationalist Stella Headley has set up the Rastafari Movement UK, delivering fair share foods but also organic fruits and vegetables from the allotments of members of the community. They're on hand to give whatever support they find on the doorstep, including cooking tips and recipes.
4: I didn't know how to cook chickpeas before, but since getting the chickpeas, curry chickpeas is very good, especially with curry chickpeas with rice. That one is very good, even with the juice as well. Like the carrot, I'll tell you the carrot juice will make us on the daytime. time. With, with, the, lemon with the cucumber, with lemon and ginger and the kale. We just mix up, every little mix up, mix up.
6: Stella explains why they had to help in this time of crisis.
1: The Rastafari Movement UK is a grassroots organisation which consists of... Um, the various different types of Rastafari um their friends, their family, people who support Rastafari and um you know they, they like the way that Rastafari lives, which is like organic and, and natural. Um, humanity loving so wherever we see that there's a need we will um, go and see if we can help out in that situation and we also um, are advocates for African heritage and history so we do awareness raising we do um, workshops we do exhibitions we've done a few exhibitions so far in Ethiopia Jamaica currently doing one at the museum of london
3: while the pandemic has been devastating to millions of people stella says that it's a mixed blessing
1: i mean there's been a bittersweet to covid the bitter is really it's sad you know for all the losses you know but at the same time for us rastafari it's a joy to be able to um rally round help the community, show compassion, share healthy food, because we've been, um, dealing with, um, we call it idle, um, vegan vegetarian food for years, many, many, many years before vegan and vegetarianism was, um, popular. And so we've, so it's an ideal opportunity for us to speak to our friends and families who've got allotments, who donate organic food from their allotments, and just show love and a care. We have a, a creed which is like: sick, be, sick must be nourished, hungry must be fed, homeless sheltered, and um, clo- um, naked be clothed. And so that's the, the kind of man- our, one of our mantras. And so this is an ideal opportunity for us to to just be out there and just do what we do anyway naturally and just enjoy doing it and being is we, we see it as a duty to community
6: marcia and Sarah have been delivering food parcels to their community since june
7: but it's not just a, de- a delivery service it's also a be service where we'll go to their front door um we'll have to some will ask us to take the stuff in because there's a brother um who he is a double amputee So we'll take the food into his kitchen. And what we'll do is a befriend me service. Some will stand and talk for 15 minutes because sometimes it's the first people they've seen all week. So that is what we'll do at the moment. Presently, I see it's getting worse, where we're starting from 12 people now to 30 and sometimes 40 people.
3: And it's not just the Rastafari brothers and sisters who receive help. Marnie is a single mum of four girls between six and 16 and is just above the income threshold. I work full time,
5: currently working from home and it's been very difficult. So um, I have previously been on benefits and receiving the free school meals for all my children, but I decided that I want to go full time and I want to kind of, um, you know, make a difference and be a a great role model for my children. It is enjoyable, but it's very difficult. Um, My monthly salary just about pays off all my bills and with some left over for food. So what we try to do is get stuff that will, you know, a lot of the basics that will carry us through to the next month and kind of have to shop really strategically um, to get the things that we need and to cover us. So the past uh, four or five months where the children were off school, I had to rely on food banks um, and, you know, donations to be able to kind of get through, because without that, I, you know, would not be able to put food on the table.
6: And until the food parcels arrive, sometimes it's not enough, particularly for her girls.
0: My name is Anaya. I like pink stuff. When there is no food, my belly starts hurting and I get tired.
6: My name is Kamai. I'm 10 years old. I'm in year 6 at school. Um, when there's no
3: food, I'm very hungry and I'm wondering when my next meal is going to be. Data from the Food Foundation revealed that 1.4 million children reported experiences of food insecurity over the summer holidays, such as not eating or eating less because there wasn't enough food at home. For Marnie, it's a constant battle to keep her head above water. It feels
5: very, very stressful. Um, I sometimes feel that I am not, like, adequate enough Um, as a mother I feel kind of less, you know, that I'm not able to provide Um, it gets me emotional, it even affects like my mental uh, state sometimes because I feel, you know, so overwhelmed and so stressed and especially at the times where the children may be coming to say, you know, I'm hungry and then I'm going in the kitchen to say, okay, let's see what we can find and what we can put together and I know there is literally, you know, nothing there sometimes but we kind of, you know, I try to do my best to, you know, say, OK, let's try and make something and be really creative as, as I can to kind of find something for them. But it's very difficult and it's very stressful for me.
6: The food parcels mean that Marnie and her family can eat healthily. And Rastafari believes that food is much more than fuel. Stella explains where it comes from.
1: So we get... um a lot of our food from Fair Share we also get food from um, Healthy Living um, Platform in Lambeth who have a lot of surplus and cultural foods that um, they offer us um, but the nicest thing um, of all is that we get food from um, individuals from their allotments beetroots courgettes, onions apples you name it, potatoes, I'll try to visualize it, broccoli <laughs> and so the community really comes together to um know that th- what they're growing, they're growing for a purpose. And knowing that this food is going to children as well, healthy, wholesome food, organically grown food, um, you know, it's um it's it, it just shows how you know, the community
8: can come together.
3: Derek and Caro grow their own organic fruit and
8: vegetables
3: and are happy to help with their surplus.
8: You know, we believe in um, giving and looking after people who, that we can, if if I have as much, then I think it's just natural and necessary to give away some. To us, it was a happy feeling when um, RMUK reached out to us to say that if we could come in and volunteer, we would able to um, deliver some um, of our green produce that we produce at the allotment so you know we was right on board with that soon as they asked really
7: in the lockdown when we were at the supermarket we couldn't get any fresh veg and this was before harvest time for reaping at our allotment so we went days without no fresh vegetables and just realizing if if that's happening to us, what's happening to everyone else. So we, we went to the wider community as opposed to family and friends and offered to, you know, have some of what we've got. And what they've got is the
3: best vegan food in South London.
8: We do not believe in eating animals because we believe our life are one and important, you know. So we our diet is solely based on fresh green vegetables and seeds that and nuts and, and pulses so
6: nimboy hendrix is a builder a songwriter and a urban farmer marcia joins him on his allotment to pick up the latest crop for delivery into the community
5: please here i come and do my bit of farming the vegetation with um, different different varieties of vegetable. So right now we're looking at some kale, we've got cauliflower, broccoli, peas, some beans, some um, cabbage, we've got some pumpkin over there, tomatoes, parsley. Do you um, use
1: these for yourself or do you use them for yourself and other people? What about children in particular?
5: Children are the future. I always talk about the food what the kids eat, because what you eat is actually you. So the food have a lot to do with where you're going in life.
3: And Derek agrees.
8: In our culture, we believe that eating a particular way helps. With your spirituality, um, sort of eating green vegetables and natural organic food does help us heighten the, um, the spirituality and we know that children live what they learn. In our culture, we said bend the tree before it's bare. So we, we know that if you teach the children this is healthy for you or this is good for you, that then they will take that on and children only eat what they've been fed really. If you train them from there early to say, look, green vegetables and fresh fruits and that is healthy for you and that's what you eat. If that's what you put on their plate, that's what they will eat.
6: Marcia said the kids are already excited about for parcels of fresh fruit and vegetables, which she and Stella delivers every Tuesday.
7: I've noticed in regards to the children, they're coming to the door with the parents. I know with, with one family each week the boy is asking is there mango is there mango so he's looking for his tropical um, v- fruits each week so it's getting it's getting the children more involved in not just artificial tropical things because a lot might have just mango juice but now they're having the real mango so it is a, a way of getting the children to get something natural
6: And Stella is thrilled to find food is inspiring young cooks.
1: When we go to um, families, um, what we find is that the children are keen and eager to to know what they've got that particular week. Um, One particular family, we had broccoli, and um, we had a lot of broccoli that week. And then when we went to deliver the following week... um, the mum said that her daughter had um, been making broccoli soup. They had, she said. They, she said, the whole family loves broccoli now because um, the daughter had found all these different recipes, googled all these different recipes, um, of how to use the broccoli. And so, what we find is the fresh fruit and fruits and vegetables that we um, deliver, the children are able to Experiment and you know, and just find out how to use them, you know, and um, and use them in ways that maybe they hadn't thought of before. And so, um, you know, we um, one of the girls, she's twelve years old, and she had started to make um, bacon different cupcakes different types of cupcakes and you know I went there to drop off the shopping and she said oh I've made banana bread you know or banana cake because we, we delivered bananas the week before and so you know they're finding all different ways to use the ingredients and things that they hadn't um, used before and one of the um, the girls she's a teenager she, since she's now at college she's gone to college and um you know she's doing food at college and she said that she's when I asked her what does she want to, to be she said she wants to um, run a what was it um a global food company or something you know so she's thinking about the whole thing and she's seeing um you know how it get how the food gets delivered and you know they ask questions and um you know and and Sometimes they actually, um, you know, they share with the, with the neighbours because sometimes if we have extra food and we see the children on the estate that we go to, there's lots of children on that estate, and so we may ask, you know, do you think your mum would want anything, you know, and um, you know, sometimes the other mums come out and we give them extra food for the children, and the children like are just eager to see what's in the bag.
6: Marnie's kids love their
0: healthy foods. We get apples and oranges and... And fruits and vegetables like carrots and broccoli, they're all very good for you. And we have lots of planting.
3: But while COVID has been a reason to bring the community together to share their surplus food, the winter ahead may not be quite so generous.
1: You know, what's going to happen when it gets cold and nothing grows? You know, from, from now onwards, one of the allotment um, people said to us that, you know, within the next three or four weeks, and you know, we, we, we won't be, sorry, we won't be able to provide you with anything because nothing is going to grow. The the ground is going to freeze. So what are we going to do? You know, what are we going to, how are we going to provide those children with the same spinach that we provide every week and the kale that we provide and, you know, the, the potatoes and all those fresh fruit and veg that we provide from the allotments? I don't know what's going to happen, you know. A lot of the people that we provide um, food for are from African heritage families. And, um, you know, we know that, like, with COVID, you know, there's a higher chance of um, African heritage and, you know, black and ethnic minority people catching COVID and dying from COVID. And so some of the food that we provide, we specifically choose it because it can boost your immune system. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, that's the thing that worries us is that, you know, if we have less vegetables to provide, you know, and and food that's got um, essential vitamins in it, then once again, you know, um, the children from African heritage backgrounds would be at a greater risk, you know, and so, you know, we really need to look at these things seriously and, and, you know, take on board that there are cultural differences, you know, in the country and the children, you know, they will be susceptible to being at risk from COVID and, and lack of nutrition from not having the food that they need. It's just a shame that, um, you know, that type of food is not available, you know, on a regular basis.
6: Marcio knows while the Rastafari looks after their
3: own community,
6: the impact of COVID has barely begun to touch the
3: sides. Food insecurity is such a huge worry for those already on the breadline.
7: I feel saddened and it is COVID-19 has just highlighted what has been there for a while. It's been there for a while, and I'm so glad that we've been able to help all these people because a lot of people are just suffering in silence with children.
6: Marnie appreciates the support of RMUK, but of course she's worried about the future.
7: You know,
5: sometimes I'm only able to buy the basics, which is like the breads and the milk. And I can't afford to go, you know, buy extra vegetables and stuff. So they help by providing that um, and a lot of tin products, which last longer. Um, and so I'm able to kind of put together a really good, healthy meal for for the children, which I wouldn't be able to without their support. You know, they are all very friendly um, and they, they, they give me that extra that is needed. And I really appreciate without projects like that, you know, I would I feel like I'm kind of forgotten and that, you know, nobody knows that we're here but we are here you know, all suffering. The prospect of having to tell her children again,
6: particularly during the school holidays, that there just isn't enough to eat is
5: really stressful. They would be saying, you know, Mummy, when are we going shopping and um I'm hungry? Um and you know, they might say, Oh, um, one of them may say, you know, I've I've seen some bread in the fridge can I have it and then the other one would be like well I want some and there's only like maybe two slices left and it's like you know the the before of them and you know that it's I have to be like you know try and say okay share but I know that that's not gonna do for them um and just looking at their faces I'm just like you know I feel kind of helpless um but I know that that they kind of don't understand fully why they, you know, why can't we go shopping? Why can't we get more food? And they don't really understand it's because I, don't, I can't afford to. But her girls
3: are learning to be resilient.
0: Um, in the mornings, I like to eat cereal because it fills me up. I like cheese toastie because it's very cheesy and the bread is crusty. I make noodles because they fill you up very much. And when you're hungry and your mum is not ready to make dinner, you can go and make noodles and it'll fill you up until your dinner time.
3: The Food Foundation is part of footballer Marcus Rashford's Child Food Poverty Task Force. This autumn it encouraged over a million people to sign a petition to get the government to put much more money into stopping child food poverty. Um, I think the government have put a scheme in
5: place that um, any child in infants up until year three is entitled to the free school dinners and those in the junior section are no longer entitled. My child that's in year six now, the 10-year-old, you know, when she first reached that bracket of year three and no longer entitled I struggled a lot I've got I was in a lot of debt with the school dinners couldn't afford to pay it and then in the end I just you know they the school gave me an ultimatum it was either you pay the arrears or you have to go on pat lunch and that's how we kind of started with the pat lunches because I just couldn't afford it there was no way I tried to kind of cut back on other things but it just wasn't happening I struggled with my eldest um, during her secondary school days to give her the money because she 's not entitled to free school meals so um i 'm not sure why it 's in place, but I think that it should be revised, and you know all those who need should be in, should be able to get that. And, you know, those who choose not to or who are more able to provide their own meals, you know,
3: they should be able to do so. Marnie tells how bleak Christmas is looking for families on low incomes. During the half terms,
5: um, it's always a struggle for me. I always find it hard to um, provide. Um, and it's, it's always a worrying time. I always worry about, you know, when it gets to those periods even Christmas, I, I start to panic and think that what can we do to be able to provide because, um, you know, those are the times where more so the money for food doesn't stretch and we I know that my family will be in a position where we're having to kind of scrimp to get the food on the table and have the, ba- the ba- bare basics um, which more often than not don't last the week or the two weeks that the kids are off. And, you know, I know that my kids during that, those half-terms are going to be saying, Mummy, when are we going shopping? Mummy, I'm hungry. Maybe two to three times for the day. Um, and, yeah, that is saddens me and it worries me and it, it builds up my anxiety every time.
1: People like Marnie with four children, she brings them up on her own. She works full-time. She pays all of her taxes. Um yet only one of her children, um, you know, she's 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 just about missed that threshold. But at the same time she's being penalized because she can't afford to buy um school dinners and so it's cheaper for her to buy cheap ingredients, you know, to make cheap pet lunches for her children because they're not entitled to any free school meals. Um and um, I just think it's despicable that, you know, people tend to think that, you know, um, it's a certain type of person that's, um, you know, getting free school meals, et cetera, et cetera, or should be entitled to. But there is a lot of people out there who are working hard. They don't meet the threshold. And the school um, cost of school meals is takes a lot out of their budget. It is getting worse because looking at the,
7: like, the allotments not being able to give us anything, and you know the government is not seeing that children do need to grow and we are trying to give them the nourishment the, the things that need to grow but at the moment with it is it's going i think it's going to get worse
6: Stella and Marcia talked to councillors in Lambeth feeding back stories from their community over the time but what would Stella say to the central government
1: um you have to realize that you know we have specific dietary needs we already lack vitamin d because of the lack of sunshine and you know yes you can give us vitamin d tablets or you know but the children actually need nourishing food to help them grow they need the food that they're that they're accustomed to during covid our food went up um, in price in some cases 400 percent it was scandalous they can't afford to nourish their own children. And so I think we need to wake up, we need to think differently, look at things differently. Include us, include include the various different communities, include those children. You know, those children, you know, are the future. Everybody deserves the right to a healthy start within their own culture with actual real food to eat and cook. You know, they say out of the mouths of babes and sucklings. Listen to, uh, listen to that little child, Anaya. She says, when I get hungry, my tummy rumbles and I feel tired. Boris, I just hope that your child never, ever, ever experiences the hunger that some of these children are feeling because their parents cannot afford to, to pay for the school dinners. And Boris wouldn't want to mess with Marcia. If Boris
7: Johnson was here right now, I would be saying to Boris... Dear Mr. Boris, you were once a child, and you were given the opportunity to eat right. These children, African children, whether from the Caribbean or from the the motherland itself, their parents came here to make some for a better life. Many were born here, and they choose to be here still. They need to be treated because they are the future. They need to eat right.
6: The COVID-19 virus has changed our world in many ways, but we are more determined than ever. The government must do everything they can to ensure every child in the UK has access to a better
3: diet. Marcus Rashford's End Child Food Poverty campaign shows the importance of listening to children and vulnerable families who have shared their experiences with food poverty. It's not an easy thing to talk about, but it's so important. And we can see that the government is now finally taking notice and listening to their voices and are changing their policies. It's also hugely raised awareness right around the UK. The good news is that the government has now pledged £400 million that will improve the lives of more than 1.7 million children over the next 12 months. But we still have a long way to go to ensure that no child in the UK suffers from food insecurity or goes hungry. We've updated our Right to Food Charter recently. We'd love it if you could
6: have a look at our work and support us at foodfoundation.org.uk.
3: Please keep listening to our podcasts and share them or follow right to feud on social media thank you for listening thank you for listening